1: Sometimes the headlines look really bad, but things have a way of working out. That's how I view what just came across from Axios, which is a left-wing site. Uh, And it is headline, scoop, scoop, the most dangerous Trump expose. I never heard of this lady, but she apparently was Donald Trump's press spokesman. Yeah, I don't remember a Stephanie Grisham. I'll take Axios' word for it. She has apparently written a top-secret memoir of her four years in Donald Trump's White House. She was also Melania's chief of staff. Uh, This book, of course, I mean, you wouldn't write it if it didn't have, quote, surprising new scandals, unquote. The book is called I'll Take Your Questions Now, What I Saw in the White House, in the Trump White House. It will be published October the 5th by HarperCollins. Okay, so what's in this book? All right. first of all, these books are always touted as more explosive than they end up being. When is the last time a book that came out was undersold? Well, never, because the whole purpose of magnifying what's in the book is to make you pre-order the book, or make you go get the book when it's on the shelves. Oh, that's just the one that has... Okay, so that's normal. Don't panic. A former West Wing colleague of Grisham's tells Axios, When I heard this, all I could think about was Stephanie surrounded by a lake of gasoline, striking a match with a grin on her face. Okay. These pithy little statements, the ones they put on book jackets, are also meant to sell books, to build a buzz for said book. Another source says that Stephanie Grisham has receipts, she was the press person. It was her job to make sure she knew what was happening. Okay, yeah. So that's that's her job, all right. Not going to make me go buy the book. Uh, the mildly interesting part of this is we didn't get a whole lot of details on Melania. Melania guarded her privacy pretty closely. Okay, so let's say this woman has access to the first family behind the scenes. Okay, what could she write? Let me guess. We might hear that Donald and Melania were not a loving couple. Will that rock your world, if you find that out? It won't rock mine. I'd be sad, because every marriage should be thriving and feature two people growing closer together every day, not further apart. But would it shock you? No, it would not shock you, I don't think. Didn't Donald Trump's marriage to Melania, was that marriage number four, I think, for Trump, always seem... A little bit weird. Like, why is she married to a guy that old? Like, I don't know. It just seemed a little bit weird. Okay, married him for his money. Maybe. Who knows? So that won't change how I view Donald Trump. Will any of us be surprised to find out that Donald Trump was rude to the help? I would not enjoy hearing that, but would it shock me? No. What good could come from this? Well... Let's say it's really, really bad. Let's say it puts a stink on Trump that feeds the mainstream media, Democratic Party, which is to say one and the same, and precludes Trump from running for re-election, or election, however you want to term it. I don't think that'd be terrible. I really don't. I hold out hope that Trump will come to his senses and realize that Being the former president is a pretty good gig. Leaving, fixing, undoing all the knots that Joe Biden is going to tie us in over the next three years. That's a lot of heavy lifting, man. And while Trump is apparently outwardly impervious to criticism, and some would say he even thrives on it, it can't really be that fun, can it? In your mid-70s, to be on a daily basis barking back at the shrill voices out there that are against every single thing you do, I will say this, it might offend you, but I'm telling you the truth as I see it. The best thing for our country would be if Donald Trump does not run for president in 2024. does not mean I would not support him. It does not mean I don't think he would do a good job. It just means that I think we have better candidates who do not have, will not bring his baggage into the White House. Okay? Now, I am not under any delusion that anyone could possibly have the Republican nomination for President of the United States in 2024 and not be deemed and you can count on this set your clock by it you know what I'm going to say right worse than Trump I don't remember who said it but I remember the other day I saw a headline oh there's the first idiot to say Ron DeSantis is worse than Donald Trump you know that's coming you know that's coming how do you know that's coming because Romney Was worse than Bush. And. You know. That's just how it is. The Republican candidate for president. Who. Is no longer running. Or is no longer president. Is like the backup quarterback. To Democrats. He's the most popular guy out there. Because he's no longer a threat to them. There's a bigger. More imminent. More ominous threat. And if Donald Trump chooses not to run, by definition, there will be someone else who does. And that person will be the one that they come after and marginalize and demean with great, evil, demonic vigor. You know it. And speaking of evil, demonic vigor, welcome to the management of United Airlines. United Airlines is requiring its employees to be vaccinated. That's not new. A lot of companies are doing that. They have until September the 27th to get their first dose of the vaccine, or they will be fired. What about those who have a sincere faith objection? Hmm, well, you can say, isn't that nice of United Airlines to accommodate its employees who have a sincere faith objection? Yes, it's wonderful. Except that, call me crazy, I don't really think that they had... Uh, The best interests of their employees at heart, because after telling employees they could ask for and possibly receive a religious exemption to getting the vaccine. uh, They have also now announced that all employees who have been granted such exemptions will be placed on unpaid leave. Sure, we're not firing you. We're just not going to let you work or make any money. So how many people will that be? I don't know. Uh, The hope would be, of course, that there are enough other airlines that don't require their employees to get vaccines. I know Southwest so far does not. That those pilots, those flight attendants, mechanics, others will be able to get work at those airlines. Again, this is another example of a headline that you look at it and you go, "Wow, man, we're losing this battle, man. We are losing this battle. Yeah, I know it feels that way, but never underestimate. God's sovereign authority. There's a reason why the Bible says the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. United Airlines, they're enacting what they think is their wisdom. Ah, we'll get those crazy religious zealots. We'll fix them. We'll give them their exemption they want so bad. We'll just not allow them to work or pay them. Oh, whoops. Uh, We don't have enough pilots or flight attendants to staff our flights. Maybe that'll end up being bad for United Airlines' business. Maybe you, if you are so inclined, make your own choices, not telling you what to do. Maybe you'll decide to fly a different airline. and Maybe United Airlines will feel the brunt of the decisions that they have made. Likewise, this woman who's publishing this book about Melania, sure, she'll get an advance for it. Sure, she'll get a lot of advance publicity. And maybe she'll accomplish her goal. Maybe she'll, let's say, pie in the sky her fondest hope is that she'll enact revenge for her four years in the White House. and She'll bring down the great and powerful and evil and orange Donald Trump. She'll bring him down to his knees, render him a crying baby, no longer with any kind of political teeth. Congratulations. You've just gotten Ron DeSantis, elected president of the United States, for the first of two terms. Thank you for your service. It's possible. Don't underestimate God's ability to do it. I don't. Because I know it's very, very, very discouraging at times. But you either believe that God is sovereign or he isn't. You cannot plead and argue that God is sovereign and therefore uh, transgenderism is um, not something that you can resolve with a sovereign God. Why would a sovereign God make someone the wrong gender? He wouldn't. That's my argument against transgenderism. I believe in a sovereign God. A sovereign God doesn't make mistakes. If he makes mistakes, he's not sovereign. So that's my argument against transgenderism. But you can't plead that and then claim, well, he's in charge of gender, but he's not in charge of politics. He's not in charge of business. He's not capable of taking headlines and making good things come from what appears to be bad. He is, and he always is. And he always will be. We will hand the baton at 1 o'clock to Dennis Prager. Dennis is back hosting the Dennis Prager Show today. He took a couple of days off for the Jewish holiday. He visited with us at 11.33 this morning. If you missed it, you can find it on the podcast link at 989theanswer.com. Click listen and then click Podcast, then search for the Bruce Woolley Show podcast, and the 1133 segment will start with the Dennis Prager interview. So we hope that you'll listen to that, and we certainly appreciate Dennis taking time away from his show prep today and giving his thoughts on COVID, on Joe Biden, on Afghanistan, and on a 20-year look back at 9-11. 844-TALK-989 is our number. You're always welcome to call it either during the show or after hours. You can leave a message for us. Uh, Pete has a thought. Hi, Pete. Welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show.
0: Hello, Bruce. How are you
1: today? I'm doing very well. Thank you.
0: Great. Uh, Here's the way I think it's going to go down with with Donald Trump. I think he's going to keep his name in front of the press, and, yeah, I might run, I might not run, I'm going to run. uh, You know, just keep it. He's acting really right now kind of as a lightning rod. Mm -hmm. Do I think he's going to run? No. I think when Republican convention actually takes place, he's going to say, I'm going to throw my support behind ron DeSantis.
1: wow i hope you're that's right the i think that that'd be yeah the, i don't that'd be think the that, ideal scenario
0: i think that's what's the way it's going to go down i think trump's smart enough to know that uh you know you have people that love him like me and you have people that hate him like the left
1: yeah so yeah well yeah. i certainly hope you're right pete and i certainly hope that donald trump does the one thing that he could do for the good of the country and that is do exactly what you said because the one mistake that the Republicans cannot afford is a divisive primary. The second mistake they can't afford is everybody dropping out and ceding it to Donald Trump because look at the zero of a president we have now, someone who didn't even have to come out of his basement to become president. Why? Because so many people were motivated to go to the polls, not to vote for Joe Biden, but to vote against Donald Trump. It's pretty logical that they'd have the same motivation to do so in 2024. So, you know, I'm with you. I'm a big supporter of Trump's policies. I I like about 60% of his personality. I do think we need somebody who has not just bark, but bite. I think Ron DeSantis has bite. I love how he takes on the press. My hope would be that Trump sees the best of himself in DeSantis. And I hope that DeSantis, you know, bends the knee, kisses the ring, does all the things that would grease the skids for Trump to say, you know what? I started this ball rolling. This guy is a worthy heir to pick it up and carry it across the rest of the goal line. And I don't need this headache. And for the good of the country, I'm going to let him have it. I'm going to leave it to him and to the deep roster of people that he has to outfit his cabinet. When you look at a Josh Hawley and a Ben Sass and a Nikki Haley, A lot of people on the Republican side who I think would make great candidates, uh, great vice presidents, and great members of a cabinet. Now, with the Biden administration, of course, we have uh, a doddering old career politician, a White House full of Obama loyalists. We have an empty suit in Anthony Blinken as our Secretary of State. And we have a cackling doofus as a vice president in Kamala Harris. And while we're not even a year into that nightmare yet, the American people are starting to see the gravity of their mistake. Biden's disapproval rating is growing by the day. Uh, An Economist YouGov poll finds that 49% uh, disapprove of Biden's job performance and only 39% approve. Only 39%. So there's like a big chunk in there of 12% of the people who he doesn't have on his side either. A recent ABC News Washington Post poll found that Biden's disapproval rating was at 51%. I said yesterday, I think, some of these polls are off. Rasmussen has Biden's disapproval approval rating at 56%. Ben Dominich, who's uh, very good, was on Fox last night talking about the fact that these approval ratings don't reach these levels. Just because Republicans are disenchanted with Joe Biden, but that a growing number of Democrats are as well.
2: It's not so much motivated by all the bad things that are happening. It's that Joe's making them look bad. It's like, we vouched for you. We said you were competent. We said that you were compassionate. We said that you were an adult in the room. We said that you were able able to manage the government in the way that uh, President Trump was not. We went out there, we got out over our skis saying, you know, during this pandemic weird campaign where you were completely hidden from the voters, oh no, you can trust in Joe. And now they're looking around and saying, Joe, you're making us look bad. You know, we, we promised that you were going to be good. And now, factor after factor, Factor is going against him. And, and one more thing about this, it's not ideological in the sense that like you can, you can have an ideological critique of what's going on at the border, but really it's a competence critique. You can have an ideological critique of the decisions about Afghanistan, but really it's can you do your job? And I think that Americans are waking up to the fact that Joe Biden really can't, and he doesn't seem to be really aware or, or willing to acknowledge when he fails at his job.
1: And that has become the signature question for Americans to answer ever since Ronald Reagan, who I think was the first to say, are you better off now than you were four years ago? And if there's a presidency, and I know Biden would love to be like a modern-day FDR, he'd love to be a modern-day JFK, even a modern-day LBJ. Biden is a worse version of Jimmy Carter. We had the Iranian hostage crisis with Jimmy Carter. We've got the Afghan humiliation with Joe Biden. We had uh, Carter talking about a malaise in America. Well, you want to talk about a malaise? Which, by the way, led to one of the greatest campaign ads of all time, Reagan's It's Morning in America for his re-election. When he just contrasted like, okay, I've been in four years. Here's where we are after me in four years. Remember what it was like when that knucklehead from Georgia was in? Well, that malaise is back, ladies and gentlemen. Only one in four Americans, 26%, believe that the country is headed in the right direction, which is down from 39% in June. 39% thought we were on the right track in June. Now only 26%. It's not like people are undecided either. 60% believe that the country is on the wrong track, up from 48%. In June. So he's upside down in every way, in every poll, in every metric. With Dems, with Republicans, black unemployment is escalating. All of this provides a perfect contrast to simply lay on the table at the midterms and then in 2024 and say, well, you bought the ticket. You took the ride. How do you like it? How do you like it? course the daunting part of that is uh, what other damage could he do in the next three years so pray number one and hope number two